Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me for episode 24 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a reminder, you can find detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 24, the number 24. So one of the things that I get asked about quite frequently is about professional liability insurance. I get writers asking me all the time, you know, where can I get some? What type should I have? Is it necessary? Do you even need it? And my answer is usually very generic because I am certainly not an expert in this area and I'm not comfortable giving out very specific advice when it comes to liability insurance. I always tell people, look, you know, you need to find someone, uh, uh, an insurance professional who can guide you through this maze. But recently I thought, you know what, this is, this is happening so frequently that I really need to interview an expert and have him or her give my audience very specific practical advice in this area. And that's exactly what I wanted to do in this episode. So um, I've brought in an expert, not just an expert in this particular area of insurance, but someone who deals with freelancers, freelance writers, micro businesses, self-employed professionals every single day. They understand our world. This company does. His name is Jared Kaplan, and he is a the CFO and a senior vice president at Insuron. And Insuron works with small businesses, micro businesses, and freelancers every day. So they understand what we deal with. They understand the the risk and challenges we face, and they have products that uh, that that are designed for us. So I wanted Jared to just give us a brief, practical, yet detailed explanation of what's out there, what you need to consider, and, um, and what the risks are. Now, I recognize that this may not sound like the most exciting topic in the world, but it's certainly a very important topic. So make sure to l- give this a listen. Take some good notes. I th- no, I don't think. I know you're going to walk away with some very practical ideas and some very specific steps that you can start taking right away. Enjoy the interview. All right, so I'm sitting here with Jared Kaplan, and he is an industry expert in the area of liability insurance for self-employed professionals and small business owners. And uh, Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So we have a lot of questions for you, and um, you know this is an area that I don't think we really talk enough about, uh, especially in the freelance world. Uh, and there's, I think, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But let's let's start by talking, kind of in general terms, broad strokes. What, what are the basic types of insurance policies available for freelance writers and self-employed professionals like us who really just deliver a professional service? We don't we don't have products. Most of us work out of our house. Uh, you know, what are the things that you need to consider? Absolutely. So um, 
there's there's really two two or three basic types of risks that you want to make sure that you're covered for as a small business of any size but even even a freelance writer there are some uh, specific business risks that are that are you know very very relevant for your business that uh, everyone should be aware of and you should pro- uh, purchase the proper insurance to be covered and um, there's really two types of, of, of products that we recommend um, the first being a general liability policy um, and the second being uh, an E&O policy or errors and omissions, so we should probably talk about those separately. But um, the general liability policy, which is your most basic form of liability protection for a business, it, it will protect you against the baseline risks uh, that threaten, and especially for a freelance writing business, a couple of things that these will protect you for is, is like personal and advertising injury. Mm-hmm. So if uh, something you wrote was interpreted um, as being uh, libelous or, or slanderous, and you get sued, this type of policy will protect you uh, in those instances. And then also, if you add on a BOP for for that, um, it will it will protect you for property coverage. Um, and everyone's got a computer or other equipment that they use for their business, right? So uh, even if you're working in your home, it's 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 seldom that your homeowner's policy is going to protect you for your business property, right? So we typically recommend for a couple extra bucks, 25 to $50 extra, you turn your general liability policy into a business owner's policy. It will also protect you in the case that for whatever reason you can't work. Um, I don't know, maybe you're affected by Hurricane Sandy and you're forced out of the house and you can't use your computer. These types of policies can, can protect you. Uh, actually protect your income uh, for down period of time when you can't work. So that's the general liability or BOP policy. Okay. Uh, uh, the other one would be your your errors and omissions policy. It's also known as professional liability. And you should think about this as medical malpractice for your business, right? So um, this is when someone hires you and they think that you've been negligent in performing the work, this will protect uh, protect your business. So let's talk about um, maybe some some examples where, where this could happen, right? So if your email campaign didn't garner uh, as many opens or click-throughs as you had promised someone. That could be an example of a risk that this protects you from. Or maybe your web copy um, increased the, the company's bounce rate when they sent it out, right? So mm-hmm. if someone wants to hold you uh, liable for that. Uh, maybe a typo or incorrect fact in your copy caused the client to lose face um, with 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 its customers or investors, right? So there's um, there's just a couple of, of of common examples that a freelance writer could could find themselves in uh, where this policy would protect you. And by the way, those are would be good examples because our audience that's exactly the kind of work they'd be doing. So, it, but but I'm starting to wonder well, two questions here. First of all, uh, I know in my my case, my the contract that I have with my client, my agreement specifically states that, uh, hey, look, uh, I'm doing the best uh, work to uh, to, to the best of my ability. You're responsible for for fact-checking, for running it through your own legal department, that sort of thing. So I'm trying to absolve myself of that kind of risk. Are you saying that uh, you could still get sued even if you have that in your agreement? Yeah. So uh, first of all, you could always get sued. Right. So um, it doesn't take much, especially in our society. Someone always can sue you, right, regardless of what the contract says. So this is the belt and suspenders to protect you from that. And, you know, the other thing is we've seen, you know, countless examples of, of various different contracts, which are just grayer on these topics. Right. And the more actually the more often scenario we see, especially when, when you're looking at the freelance community, is you're dealing with much bigger businesses who have uh, much larger legal departments, right, that have 
uh, written in a whole number of protections for that company, which really doesn't look after the little guy. So when it comes to them versus you, they've got the big legal department and the, and, and, and the legal contract that um, is going to be sometimes difficult to battle against, right? So this is just someone looking out for your corner by going out and purchasing the insurance rather than you know, hoping that the contract that you're going to sign with a much bigger institution is going to protect you. Okay, okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the answer to this is yes, but I'd just like to hear you know, how often do you see this? Are, are writers, freelancers actually getting sued out there for these sorts of things? So um, we, I, I, I wouldn't say we don't see it that often, but there have certainly been a number of high-profile um, you know, examples. And, it, and, and the problem is that um, when it happens and you don't have insurance, it's incredibly detrimental for your business. And these policies are relatively inexpensive for the protection that they give you. And so it's always a great idea to, 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 to purchase them. But, uh, you know, just you know, a couple of examples that we've seen uh, last year. Uh, there was a, a freelance writer. I think the the institution was called the Stamford Patch, and they were accused of making false and defamatory statements. And the plaintiff wanted fifteen grand in monetary damages, but a hundred thousand dollars in punitive damages. Wow! So you know that's way more than most freelance writers can can afford, and uh, that doesn't even take into account legal fees. They'd have to you'd have to um, you'd have to pay. And then uh, just this the summer. Uh, there was a cheerleader for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, now, she actually won her case against a blogger who called her a child molester uh, because of a relationship she was in. She won $338,000 in damages. Uh, so, you know, just two kind of real world examples that we've seen where. Um, you're talking about real, real monetary damages that will put you out of business quickly um, if you don't have uh, an insurance policy to protect you. So let's talk about the limitations of these policies. I mean, sure. wh- what do they not cover and under what, under what circumstances? And um, with that discussion, I'd like to hear a little bit about deductibles because I know that could play into this as well. Absolutely. So the typical policy is going to run you less than $1,000, typically 500 to $1,000. And um, Is that a year, a month? That's a year. Okay. That's a year. And it obviously depends. If you're, if you're going to buy both the BOP and the, you know, the general liability of the property and the E&O, it's going to be closer to 1000 uh, could be as high as fifteen hundred bucks. If you're just going to purchase one or two of the lines, it could be as low as five hundred dollars. Right. So it really depends on what you're looking for. And typically, uh, the policies cover you for about a million dollars per claim. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some will you you you, you can you can buy for as much as $2 million in the aggregate. But the typical policy we see for this, these types of businesses are a million dollars of total uh, liability coverage. With what and, kind of a deductible? Uh, now, usually, it's, it, it, you know, many of our carriers have zero deductibles here. Oh, wow. But, but um, it, it will run the gamut, right? So if you're willing to take on a $500,000, $2,000 deductible, that will lower your cost a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it really just depends on the carrier and... Um, and also the um, the amount of, of coverage that you want all, all plays a part into the pricing, right? But we do have carriers that will offer uh, no deductible policies. Okay, okay. And then what what things do they not cover? I mean, we've, we've talked about a number of examples, uh, right? So, so we, we talked about um, about some some things that we'll cover, but really, they, they and the exclusions run the gamut, right? So it's very very important always to read the five print of your policies or work with a with a licensed professional agent, right? That can that can help you interpret the policy to really understand hypotheticals and where you are and not protected. But the most common uh, exclusion that we see is not covered is is, is any, anything intentional. Right, any anything where um, 
the 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 writer was intentionally misstating something or or um, you know acting illegally, a policy is not going to protect you. That's your most blanket general exclusion. And then, like I said, depending on the specifics of a policy, you could see um, a number of different exclusions, anywhere from the types of clients that you're working with, types of industries uh, that you, we would be forbidden in. So it's very, very important to read it closely. So you mentioned something earlier about uh, legal fees. Uh, you get sued, and let's say you go to court, and the policy will cover you, but uh, you said in most cases you still have to cover your own legal fees? Yeah, it, it depends on the policy, right? So if you're willing to spend a little bit more money, some carriers have policies that um, will exclude defense costs from the limits, so you'll end up getting a little extra coverage, and they'll they'll earmark a kitty for those expenses. And other policies, uh, they'll actually include the legal costs in, in the total amount of liability that you're given. So most of these policies will protect you to some degree for the legal fees if you've got if you've bought the insurance. It just depends on whether it's going to be within that limits of liability or whether it's going to be slightly over. Okay, yeah, because I mean I would be concerned that gosh, you know, legal fees could run you. You know, let's say it's ten thousand dollars. That's I right. I mean, gosh, you know, yeah, the 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 um, the award potentially could be a hundred thousand, but still ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. So I, I would think that it'd be smart to to look at that as part of the coverage. Absolutely. Okay, so so here's my next question because this is this is an area that and I'm, I might be ignorant because I've, I've, this has just been anecdotal, but I have always heard that one of the, the challenges with these types of policies that most insurance companies and brokers don't really understand the potential risks of a freelance writing business. So because of that, uh, you can it's either very difficult to get a, a policy that covers what you really need or something affordable. And I think you've kind of addressed that part of affordability because they're, they're trying to kind of cover for things that they don't understand. What has been your experience? Right. What we find actually is it's more often the agent that doesn't understand it than, than the insurance carrier. Because what's interesting is that these these you know when you think about the premiums that are involved here and the size of business, it's typically – hard for an insurance agent to spend time on on such small businesses and really underwrite them on behalf of their carrier partners so that they buy coverage in line with their risk profile. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's simple as they lack the people in the process and technology to actually make a money make money themselves on such small accounts that they typically don't do a great job assessing the risk and then doing the work that's required to get them to the right place. Right. So there are carriers out there that love these types of risks and would write them all day long and actually have some very, very good policies that will cover you. But it's the insurance agent that gets lazy and just won't put the time and effort in because they're like, it's a $1,000 policy. I can't make any money on it, right? Yeah. Which is why our business model is so unique. In catering to the one-person firm, we've got the people, the process, and the technology that we actually can make our profit margin on serving these accounts. And that's why we, we, we are able to get them the coverage that is in line with their risk profile, right? And spend the time with them to assess their risks and use some cool online stuff to do that. But at the end of the day, it's all about matching that, that, that company's risks with the right carrier partner. And uh, we're lucky to have the delivery model to do that. So much, much more on the agent side than the carrier side. Um, and what you find with a lot of these guys is they end up you know, not buying coverage because the quote they get back is just so high. Because the insurance agency has not you know, gone out and got the minimum premium policy. They've just gone out and tried to uh, add and bulk on some coverage there that may not be necessary to get the premium level up to a, an amount that they can make money at. Yeah, and, and maybe that's why uh, that I heard what I did here, which is uh, 
it was either one or the other. You either can't get it or what you can get was just uh, – because, you know, 500 to to $1,000 a year, I mean, that seems very reasonable to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, so, so that leads me to the next question is, uh, would you say – does it make sense to buy a policy early in your business? Or is this the kind of thing that it makes more sense to, to get into once you're at a certain income level? Yeah, we, we, we think it makes a ton of sense to get it day one. And then as the business grows and gets more comprehensive, there are additional risks that are typically different, different exposures, different risks that are introduced. And, and it's important to always assess your insurance no uh, longer than every every year, right, to make sure that, that you're, you're currently protecting yourselves from all the new risks that may have developed as you've grown the business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from a from from a cost perspective and how the policy is is underwritten, uh, especially for a freelance writer, it, it typically is the size of the business and and who you're doing the writing for, right? So uh, the, the larger the company you are, the more revenue you're generating. That typically will be linear to the amount of money that you're going to pay. A lot of these policies are, are are underwritten based upon revenue, and then also depending on the industry, if you're in um, and, and the medium, right? So whether you're on, uh, you're blogging or you're writing for print paper or you're writing for a magazine and what you're writing about, if the carriers perceive uh, certain uh, customers or industries as being more risky, they may charge you a bit more for those when it comes to the pricing of the policy. Okay. But let's say day one, you know, I don't have – I have zero revenue. Um, so it makes sense to get it there. However, I don't, really don't have much of a track record. So – you're saying that it could still be it could, the risk could still be assessed, and, and and a carrier should be able to give you something. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. In those cases, they look at their pool of of applicants historically, right from from your geographic region, doing business with, with with those types of businesses, and you typically at that size will fall under what we call a minimum premium policy, which is exactly in the range that we talked about earlier, right? So five hundred to fifteen hundred bucks uh, to get all the lines of coverage that make sense here, and to secure your business. So as you grow it, you're protected. And then, you know, especially the first couple of years, I would think then it would make sense to maybe look at this every six to 12 months. Absolutely. Yeah. And then once you sign another big contract or um, uh, or the business grows, there's no reason why you have to wait a full year. Most, uh, I should say all for the most part of these carriers allow you to endorse the policy mid-year from, for some additional premium, get, get some additional coverage if it makes sense. But, you know, for a lot of people, it's a million dollars of coverage out of the gates, which is actually incredibly um, – incredibly standard and, and, and enough to cover a business as it, as it, as it grows out of the gates. Now, and I'm wondering, is it uh, would a carrier impose certain restrictions, limits, or requirements in terms of what you use for you know, a customer agreement and uh, certain types of communications, or do they not really look at that? A lot of the carriers do want to understand what type of written contracts you're entering into. And what protections those have for you, right? So what kind of identifications or hold harmless agreements that you've been able to send up for? Um, you know, obviously, the more, the more favorable the contract is for the freelancer, uh, the less uh, risky that uh, freelancer looks to a, um, to a potential insurer. And some of them can give discounts based upon that information. So uh, always a good idea to have a written contract. And the more protections that you can negotiate into it, the better off you'll be when you go to buy the insurance. Okay, that makes sense. So what what are some potential pitfalls? What, what should freelancers look for and be wary of when shopping for a policy? Uh, I think that uh, a couple things. First of all, uh, you always want to try to go with an A-rated carrier. 
if um, if possible, they're uh, the carriers with the highest stability ratings from third party uh, companies, so that you know that you are dealing with a uh, a, a well capitalized insurance carrier. Uh, it's always important to shop around. Um, you should try to get multiple quotes, and then they'll often be priced differently. And then it's it, it's typically pretty easy to tell why one policy is a, a slightly more expensive than another. And, and what, what's great is you typically for twenty five dollars, fifty dollars extra, you get a lot more protection, right? So it's important not just to look at one uh, to one one quote to try to look at uh, a bunch of different quotes. Um, and then finally, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the fine print is important here, right? And so. A lot of times people want to go jump at the cheapest policy, but when you actually read the coverage, you're not getting much coverage because it excluded everything under the sun from a potential claim scenario. So it's 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 really making sure you're with that well-stabilized carrier and then doing the risk-reward matrix between price and coverage to figure out what makes the most sense for your business. And that's why, you know, a licensed agent is so important here because a lot of freelancers, you know, they really, they don't know much about insurance. So they just know it's probably a good idea to protect their business. So you want to work with someone that you can trust to walk you through that matrix to, to figure out the, the buying decision process and what's going to make the most sense. So that brings up a, another question, which if, if you're looking at different quotes, does it make sense to work with a broker who can then bring in, different quotes that make sense or is it better to just go and, and find pricing directly to different companies no i think i think that uh whenever you're buying a product that you're not the expert in it always makes sense to work with um an expert and in this industry working with the licensed broker who can walk you through the ins and outs of different coverages and different policies is paramount right because then you can really be an informed buyer and say hey i could spend 350 bucks to get a general liability policy with this guy, but my coverage is going to be X, Y, Z versus spending 450 bucks with this carrier and look at all the extra coverage I got and then say, hey, for the extra 100 bucks a year, does it make sense for me to step up for the greater coverage? Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if it's the case in this business, but uh, I don't think you pay any more by going through a, an expert broker, correct? You don't. No, you don't. So that's an added benefit. You're really Absolutely. getting the same product without paying any anything extra. That's right. Super. So um, how do you avoid problems altogether? I mean, are there certain things that you could do, even if you have coverage, just to really lower your risk? Are there some basic things that freelance writers should be doing to prevent claims in the first place? Sure. I mean, uh, other than the obvious, right? (laughs) Right. Well, contracts are important, right? You'd be surprised how many guys that we find that just, you know, don't don't have the business practice of 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 contracts and contracts for when you sign up the account and then also as it relates to um, invoicing and billing, making sure you set clear um, expectations there so that everyone uh, understands what the process looks like. We've seen uh, a lot of instances where uh, freelancers will get into a billing dispute and then. Um, their uh, their client will will turn around and then use that as a as a way into an insurance claim to basically say you didn't do your job appropriately right and uh, and then all of a sudden you've got a bigger problem on your hands so uh, contracts written contracts very very important and then also you know keeping the lines of communication open making sure you check in uh, if you have to change the deadline if you're if you're unclear about project specifications uh, and when any of the product project uh, deliverables change, uh, it's very, very important to keep um, you know, small miscommunications from becoming bigger problems. So keep, uh, keep a paper trail, 
always get it in writing, the, really the basic stuff too. It just, That's right. Um, so this has been fantastic, Jared. And t- t- I know you guys do quite a bit in this area. You work with a lot of self-employed solo professionals. Tell us a little bit about your firm and the products and services you provide. Absolutely. So uh, Insurion is the micro business insurance solution for uh, all these types of businesses that we're, we're talking about, right? The freelance economy, the, the population that really is, is ignored by traditional brick and mortar insurance agencies um, for what we talked about in the beginning, right? That just lack the people process and technology to make money on these small accounts. So in our process, you come online, we've got a customized application depending on what you're doing so that we can give you a risk questionnaire and really understand your business. And then we've got some really cool technology behind the scenes that integrates with a number of A-rated insurance companies to produce a real-time quote that you'll see on your screen there. And then uh, when it comes time to buy, we've got licensed professionals in the lower 48 states that will work with you to make sure you understand the coverage options and then work with you also after you buy in the coverage so that as new term, new, new uh, requirements are, are, are risen midterm or at renewal, we work with you to continue to figure out whether you're really protected for the right risks for your business. So it's a online national virtual insurance agency focused on uh, the micro businesses of America. That's that's who we are. So what's what's a good URL to? And we'll include this in the show notes. But where should people go? Sure, uh, www.insurion.com. So that's I N S U R E O N. So insurion.com is where you go uh, to select your business class and get the process started. That's super. Sounds easy. Yeah, it's uh, we try to make it easy. It's it's a a topic that like you know everyone knows they need it, but no one really knows that much about it. So that we take the pain out of buying insurance, so that you can get it quickly and make sure your business is covered. I love it. I love it, Jared. Thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, Ed, and uh, we look forward to uh, to future conversations. Hopefully. Well, folks, I told you you were in for a good one. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I know in my case, that's probably the most straightforward discussion I've heard on this topic ever. Um, I found it to be extremely useful, very straightforward, very specific advice. Um, Really enjoyed it talking to Jared. Um, And again, I know this is not the most exciting topic in the world, but um, this is a very, very important issue. And I hope you take it to heart and I hope you investigate these options and make sure to check out Insurance website, insurance.com. I'll include that link in the show notes. I want to be very clear about the fact that I'm not affiliated in any way with Insurance. I just found their information to be extremely helpful. They're one of the few companies who was um, taking the time to talk to me and answer these questions very specifically and uh, been very helpful all along the way. So I think they're worth checking out. Uh, make sure to do your homework and you know see what else you can find. Uh, there are definitely a lot of players out there, but I, um, as, as we mentioned in this interview, not everyone is set up to deal with freelance writers or even micro businesses and entrepreneurs um, such as ourselves. Again, you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 24. And I had a couple of quick announcements before I sign off. First, I wanted to make sure that you're aware of my free pricing guide. I'm giving away the actual master fee schedule that I use every day, every week in my freelance writing business. I have fee ranges for 32 different B2B or commercial writing projects. I have some 
pricing guidelines, some strategies, some tips, and this will be applicable for any of you. I mean, really, regardless of uh, your experience level. So if you're starting out, I think this will be a really useful guide. And I talk about how you can adjust your pricing based on where you are in your business. And if you've been at this for a long time, I still think you're going to get a lot of use out of this. You can grab that pricing guide. No strings attached. Just go to b2blauncher.com and you'll see the sign up right there. Basically, what will happen is just enter your email address. You'll get the download link immediately. And I will send you about every week or so a um, kind of a new insight or tip or strategy that I don't share with anybody else. You can always unsubscribe to this. So don't feel you're tied to anything by giving me your email address. Um, also, wanted to make sure that if you've enjoyed the show, um, that um, you consider giving me a quick star rating or honest review in iTunes. And the best way to do that, the easiest way to do that is to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash iTunes. That will take you straight to the uh, show page in iTunes where you can leave that review. And you can also subscribe to the show in iTunes on that page. And finally, if you're enjoying this material, if you've enjoyed today's show and you want to share it with friends, I welcome you to do that. In fact, I hope you do. The best way to do that is to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash love or to just use any of the social media sharing buttons that you see on the show notes page. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, folks, I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.